0: So today is part eight of our series on Daniel, and um, this happens to be our final part of this series. Praise the name of the Lord. I thought you'd say, "Oh, I mean, aren't you going to miss this series?" (laughs) Okay. And um, today we are going to learn, even though we've been we've, we've seen it. Throughout this um, teaching, we are going to learn what the bedrock of Daniel's life and strength is. You know, and and that simply put is, is prayer. You know, prayer is is the bedrock of Daniel's life. Daniel was a man of prayer. You see, the truth is that seasons come. Seasons go, but people that are given to prayer usually will outlast seasons. Praise the name of the Lord. If you and I can learn from Daniel today and learn how to dig deep into God, plant our roots there and remain. Seasons can change to summer, to winter, to whatever. Ours is just raining a dry season. <laughs> You know, whatever the season is, you will be standing. Amen. Um, and many times in life, the things that are good for us are not necessarily palatable to our taste. The things that are are good for us, are not necessarily what the sweetest of those things, you know. You would, I mean, I've seen a scene, I have seen a couple of scenes where you have a mom that is trying to get their, their children or their child to eat vegetables. Or, you know, and there's a particular veggie that, you know, I particularly dislike, broccoli. If you like broccoli here, let me see your hands up put out your hands. You make us feel bad. (laughs) You make the rest of us feel bad. Now, it it, it looks intimidating, doesn't it? At least I think it looks intimidating. And, you know, most children would usually be forced to eat broccoli. And and if you Google the the benefits of broccoli, it's amazing, you know. The health benefits of broccoli and all those um, vegetables, you know, but you know, once a child discovers sugar, the, the child doesn't want to go veggies anymore. So, if you want to train your child properly, let them taste veggies first, and and keep sugar away from them, you know, and and they, they should be fine. They will struggle, but they, they should be fine. So, like like broccoli, like um, which are ugly veggies, you know. <laughs> Money flower, cauliflower, cauliflower. People eat that thing. You know, and those strange looking vegetables, interestingly, are good for us. They are so good for our health, for our well being, total, total well being. And sometimes we just don't like those things. So the the, the first question here in the open segment says, apart from broccoli, what is that thing that you don't like how it tastes, but you like the benefits? You know, don't say injections. (laughs) You know, what is that thing that, You don't like how it tastes, but you like the benefits of of it. Anybody wants to share? Yes, please. There's a a hand there. Um, You don't like how it tastes, but you like the benefits of it. Yeah. Garlic. Garlic, yes. No, well, I don't like how it smells. (laughs) But you like the benefits. So what are the benefits of garlic? Um, It it
1: stabilizes your blood pressure.
2: Okay. Good it's for the heart.
1: And then it helps in um that's the only thing I can remember. So, I don't So really you know. Like yeah. So when was the
0: last time you had garlic?
1: <laughs> My husband he eats it like every time. So you, 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 you me? Yes. Ah. When he cooks, he I, I cook mine separately because he usually puts <laughs> garlic.
0: <laughs> you cook your own separately. So he yeah. cooks. The man cooks.
1: We haven't, like, sometimes, not
0: every time. A hand for the man that cooks. (laughs) There are not many of us around. (laughs) For the record, I don't cook. Just for the record. Now, I mean, yeah, garlic, you know. I take garlic every day, for the past time, every day. So there's a way to take it without the smell. I will give you the secret later. Yes. there is <laughs> Okay.
3: Okay. Uh, cod liver oil. Sorry, please. What?
0: Oh, don't worry. That's why it's a secret. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Uh, cod
0: liver oil. Cod liver oil, yeah. It tastes
3: vile, but yeah. it's very good. Strong bones, Strong bones. teeth,
4: hair,
3: joints,
5: Joint,
4: skin. skin, everything.
0: Fantastic. They used to force us to take two teaspoons of cod liver oil. Torture. But again, I found a way of taking, I take cod liver oil every day for the last how many years. I found a way of taking it. It's a secret. <laughs> okay. Um, anybody else? What other thing that, you know, you don't, you, like, you don't like the taste, so let's go on. Okay, there's a the hand there. Yeah, sure. Just, let's have that. Olives. Olives, yeah. Olives. It
4: tastes, tastes horrible.
0: Nice. No. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's subjective. Olives, thank you for sharing that. Now, for for a lot of people, prayer is one of such things. It it, it takes like garlic or like um, olive oil, um, cod liver oil or like, you know, but broccoli, but the benefits, you know, it's, it's out of this world. So when you pray, what type of things do you say to the Lord? What do you focus your attention on? Who wants to help us? Who wants to share? So maybe you can help somebody that's struggling with prayer. Maybe you may even end up helping yourself. When you pray, um, what what do you pray for when you pray? Normally, what's your um, repertoire? Anybody wants to share? Yes, there's a hand there. Keep the hands up, please, so that they can locate you. Can you see the hand? Good. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
5: Um, when I pray, most times I pray, I just give thanks to God. And right. just continually.
0: Right. No prayer points, you don't you don't pray for your pastor? No.
5: <laughs> I find out that the more I give thanks to Did God. you
0: pray for your pastor?
4: <laughs> I do. <laughs>
0: God will forgive you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. That was a joke, actually. That was a joke. But you should pray for your pastor. Uh, 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 okay. Now, anybody else who wants, who wants to go? How? Yes, please. Yes.
5: When I pray, I, I give thanks to God. Right. Then I thank him for being alive. I thank him for the ability to be sane, Because not everybody wakes up and being seen. Then I commit my day into God's hands. Because you can just walk out and walk into something else then. At the ending, I pray for my family, I pray for my church, and, and your I pastor round it up.
0: And your pastor. Yeah,
5: my pastor is in church.
0: Too. Uh, <laughs> well, you are getting closer home. That is a spiritual person, you know. You are spiritual. I'm not, I'm not comparing it. I'm just saying it's good to pray for <coughs> the church. Thank you for sharing, both of you. So, we dive straight into the study. Our text today is Daniel chapter 9. We we'll read from verse 3 to 19. Daniel 9. 3 to 19, it says, so I turned to the Lord. Ah, that alone, that alone is big. So I turned to the Lord, God. Many times, you know, we are turning to different things, you know. And to pray, you must turn to God. You must face God. And pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough ballap and sprinkled myself with ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. Oh Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. But we have sinned and done wrong. We have rebelled against you. And scorned your commands and regulations. We have refused to listen to your servants, the prophets. Who spoke on your authority to our kings and our princes and ancestors. And to all the people of the land. Lord, you are in the right But as you see, our faces are covered in shame. This is true of all of us, including the people of Judah and Jerusalem and all Israel, scattered near and far, wherever you have driven us because of our disloyalty to you. O Lord, we and our kings, princes and ancestors are covered with shame. Because we have sinned against you. But the Lord our God is merciful, forgiving. Even though we have rebelled against him, we have not obeyed the Lord our God. For we have not followed the instructions he gave us through his servants, the prophets. And all Israel has disobeyed your instruction and turned away, refusing to listen to your voice. So now, the solemn curses and judgments written in your law, the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured down on us because of our sin. We have kept, you have kept your word. And done to us and our rulers exactly as you warned. Never has there been such a disaster as happened in Jerusalem. Every curse written against us in Jerusalem. The law of Moses has come true. Yet, we have refused to seek mercy from the Lord our God. By turning from our sins and recognizing his truth. Therefore, the Lord has brought upon us the disaster he prepared. The Lord our God was right to do all of these things. For we did not obey him. O oh Lord our God. You brought lasting honor to your name. By rescuing your people from Egypt. In a great display of power. But we have sinned and are full of wickedness. In view of all your faithful mercies Lord. Please turn your furious anger away. From your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, all the neighboring nations mock Jerusalem and your people because of our sins and the sins of our ancestors. Oh, our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead for your own sake. Everybody say for your own sake. For your own sake, Lord. Smile again. On your desolate sanctuary, oh my God, lean down and listen. Open your eyes and see our despair. See how your city, the city that bears your name, lies in ruins. We make this plea not because we deserve help, but because of your mercy. Verse 19. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. For your own sake, do not delay. O my God, for your people and your city, bear your name. Praise the name of the Lord. Lord, bless the reading and the understanding of his words in Jesus' name. You see, many times when we are going through a tough patch, you know, and when we pray, we think that we are actually in the right. We, I mean, it may sound funny to to some of you, but uh, some people, some of us, you know, we think that we are in the right. We think that God, you could have done better. We feel that, I mean, okay, yes, I mean, yes, I'm not perfect, but, you know, I'm better than, than some people, you know. I'm better than this person, I'm better than than some people, so I deserve better. If you look at the, the story of, I mean, the prayer of Daniel, Daniel went out flat recognizing that, you see, when you stand before God, it's between you and God. When you stand before God, it's not between you, God, and your sister. It's not between you, God, and your neighbor. It's not between you, God, and your boss. It's not because I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, These people are even worshiping idols. I'm a little bit better than them. God, you should have done better for me. It is between you and who and God. And that's a big step when we realize that. So, we'll dive straight into this. We see, littered all over the book of Daniel, is that prayer was not an occasional thing for Daniel. Prayer for Daniel was not a last resort. Was not when I feel good, I pray. When there are no threats, I pray. Or when I get a breakthrough, I thank God, I pray. Prayer for Daniel was a way of life. So, you and I, we need to bring our prayer life under God's lights today. And I'm praying that by the end of this teaching, that our prayer lives will have gone higher in Jesus' name. Amen. Say amen. amen. So, the first question is, describe your prayer life. In what way is it going well? In what ways could it be better? If you are joining us for the first time at Thrive, you will notice that we have spaces. So, answer the question. Fill in the space. Um, sometimes, you need to check um, or tick. Sometimes you need to fill in the blanks. Um, and sometimes you need to share. Uh, many times you need to share. So uh, uh, describe your prayer life. If you describe your prayer life in one word, write it down. What will it be? In one word. Start with that. If you describe your prayer life in one word, what will it be? Write it down. Hot? Cold? Non-existent, struggling, much to be desired. Okay, that's more than one word. (laughs) Um, What will it be? If you need a pen, you can ask any of your shots. I hope if you have pens, you can, I mean gave us. Now, um, who wants to share what you have written? It's okay. It's good to be vulnerable. Okay. She wants to share. Who else wants to share? Let me see your hands up so we manage this well. Okay. Tell us.
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I wrote improving.
0: Improving. Yes. Okay.
1: And, um, okay, so I'll say the usual. I'll wake up in the morning on a working day. Right. You know, rush, then in the car, we'll pray and go to work. And you try to just have that meeting room where you can just pray. But before you know, you see, because I manage the drivers and the cleaners, you see them around you and you're responding to one thing or the other. So you get busy. But interestingly, recently I joined the war room of the women in this church. And it's amazing. My husband comes to the room and he sees me praying with them. By the time you see 10 women saying, I declare my family as well, you will have to join. And you know, it continues. So 1045, you see all the women were praying for the church, are praying for our pastors, are praying for everything concerning us. So indeed, my prayer life is improving. And you know, speaking in tongues is amazing. I encourage every woman to join that war room. It's important.
0: Join the war room today. Praise the name of the Lord. What about us guys? We can't join. Jide, one room for men, please. Okay, because <clears throat> they are used to they just like making us jealous. Okay, who else wants to share? What did you write?
2: What did you write? Okay, yes, please, ma. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the living Jesus. Well, my prayer life is um, okay. Yes, because there's parts, the rushing, rushing, rushing. I do wake up by 4 a.m. I prayed. I, I confess my sin. First and foremost, I thank God before I ask for anything. Okay, so... Uh, yes.
0: So your prayer is going well.
2: Yes, it's going well. Fantastic. No problem. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, by, did, by his grace. <laughs>
0: and his mercy. Okay, next question. Which of the following obstacles or distractions make prayer challenging for you? You. You can put none of the above that I have no challenge or anything. But I mean, many of us put it okay. <laughs> Stop it, yeah. I am too busy, my mind wanders, just check it. Text, email, social media, etc., distract me. I am not sure prayer can make a difference. This situation is too big. God is too small. I feel too guilty. That's too guilty to pray. Or too distant from God. Or I am angry with God. I'm angry with God. It's something I'm praying God for. God. It's not, it's not doing it. Or I don't have a quiet place to pray. Or maybe there's some other things. Okay, so that's for your consumption. Again, the idea is so that you're able to introspect and at least know where you are so that you can know the steps to take. So once you are done with that, I'm not going to ask you to share that. The next Um, item here is describe a time you prayed for something that was humanly impossible and God answered your request. The reason I want us to share a time of such, and I want anybody randomly to share, is I'm sure for some people, they they are not sure prayer works. For some people, they they are like, some people are even doubting, is God alive? Is there a God? You know? Who wants to share a time That you asked for something that was humanly impossible. And there's another hand there. Just go straight to it. And no long stories. Tell us. Yeah.
1: My brother's daughter, I prayed to God that um, she should be born on my birthday. And (laughs) just a few minutes to 12, I had a call that um,
2: she was born.
0: So she was born on your birthday? Yes. Okay. That was a prayer answered. Yes. Yes. There's no small prayer. There's no small answer either right, to prayers. Yes.
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I was praying the time my son got an interview to secondary school. I was praying for a guardian. So, by the grace of God, as I prayed, God answered me. As I came to pastor, pastor said, "I will take care of him. I know God works." Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. So I'm the guy, Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. I was, I was like, oh, I'm paying the school Are you sure? Okay. Good. I need to check that. Have I paid the last school Are we late on it? Okay, we've paid it. Okay, fine. Tell me. Okay. Uh, um. Prayer request.
5: Recently, I had a sprain on my back. It just happened at work. Okay. And um, by the time I got home, my back was like it had this really huge swelling. Wow. Called my friend that was the doctor. I was worried. I was really scared. She didn't know. She said, okay, take diclofenac, anti-inflammatory, everything. Ah, ah. I'm serious. And then I prayed. I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm like, God, I don't want to die. Like I was scared and everything. And then the following day I had a meeting. Funny enough, was in past this house I had the meeting. And while she was talking to me, I heard something. I heard Lumbago sprain. I had never heard about it before. I just wrote it down. And then you heard what? Lumbago sprain. Okay. I had never heard, because I, 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 I told God, I'm like, God, I need to know what's wrong with my back. And I didn't, I'm, at a point I'm like, okay, Maddie, your mind is being creative again. Maybe this is something I'm supposed to use to write a story or, and I just kept hearing, check it, check it. And then I checked, I googled "Lumbago brain, and I saw a picture of the same swelling on my back. Wow. And how it happened and how I was supposed to look after it.
0: Wow. Praise God. Okay, so we have a lot of answered prayers. So we are going to take um, three quick ones. One, two, three, boom, we are done. Yeah, one.
6: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, I'll make it quick, Pastor. Um, this is one of the things that I thank God in my life forever, and I continue to thank God. And um, I know what it is. I don't think so. Your beautiful wife. (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) So, this happens, I mean, several decades ago when I was in um, Form 5. I was in my wife. Right. So, I was writing English and probably one of the last subjects to be written. So, for some reason, I mean, I don't know how it happened. I was so slow that I completed every part of the subject and I was about to start the essay. And they said, they said at that time, essay, I mean, um, no, it wasn't essay. It was, um, I think the one summary, the one that you read summary and then you have to interpret. Okay. So, and that was 40%. Everything right. else was 60%. Right. So when I started the 40% part of the question, time was up wow. and I, and I turned it in. So I went back home and I prayed two weeks later, I had a dream that I had F9 in English. And I couldn't just comprehend that because I didn't want to go, I, I never failed before. Right. So I went back fasting and praying, a seventeen year old boy. Mm. And pastor behold, when the results came out, mm. maybe they added to the 60 percent of the score I had. And it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I mean
0: so,
6: so you had what, what score? Over seventy percent.
0: Over seventy percent. Because
6: okay. of the grading. So yeah, to right. today I go back to God every day and say, I didn't fail that exam and I didn't have to repeat. To uh, me, it you. was I mean it was beyond description.
0: You know, I was, I, was, I was speaking with one of my colleagues and there's someone in church that is marking Wai'ek and I'm like, she needs to be very prayerful because there's a lot of prayer coming our way. <laughs> Both from, from God's children and from you know where. A lot of spiritual activity coming your way. Just in case you are marking Wai'ek. <laughs> okay, thank you. Two, yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah.
3: He was uh, the last God to do it again in 2015. Okay. I got home from work at about 10.30 p.m. And I saw my maid then. She, she was crying. Her eyes were swollen. I said, what's wrong? She said um, her younger brother in the village, the boy was five years old. And he had run mad. Wow. And they had tied him up or closed him up in the room. Right. So I said, wow, okay, we are fasting. We stood in her room and prayed. Wow. And in the morning, she came to wake me up and said that they said the boy is fine. Amen. I, I, what did they do? They just gave him pastor more since yesterday. So I know it was God that answered Amen.
0: Them. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, and we can go on and on. I hope that has encouraged somebody here. Even if you know that God answers prayers, I mean, all these fantastic, I mean, testimonies. Awesome. Read Daniel 6, 10, and Daniel 9, three. So, Daniel 16. says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual. In his upstairs room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God Daniel 9 3. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough bullop and sprinkled myself with ashes. So the question is: what do you notice about Daniel's prayer life from these passages of scripture? What do you notice? About Daniel's prayer life. Who wants to go? We'll take two responses. If we get them right, then we go on from there. What do you notice about Daniel's prayer life from these passages of scripture?
4: Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, Daniel was not just um, praying because he wanted to pray. It was his lifestyle. So, he didn't allow what the king and all that had said to hinder him. He just continued his life. He focused on who he was serving and who he was worshipping and continued his life. Because I'm sure his relationship with God was past, you know, anything, any situation or circumstance happening around him. God was more important to him than anything that was going on. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, so... Prayer was a lifestyle. Lifestyle. For Daniel. For Daniel. Okay. Yes. And um, for the second um, um, scripture that we read, it just showed that um, David, um, sorry, Daniel understood dif- different, different levels of prayers. You know, he, he could um, humble himself up to the point of making himself nothing before God to be able to reach God's heart to get his answers.
0: Absolutely. So, what she's saying is that the daily prayers three times a day was consistent. Then he knew when to increase the level by adding fasting, adding ashes, humbling himself before God, and didn't just rely on his daily prayers. He knew when to focus on a specialized uh, period of prayer. Okay, thank you. Anybody else? Yes, please. Keep the hands up, please, until you get it. Um, Mike, thank you.
4: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. I also noticed that Daniel always gives thanks to God. And he's the kind of person that always asks for mercies before any other requests be made to God.
0: Okay. So, Daniel always gives thanks to God. I mean, he particularly always starts his prayer. If you check Daniel's prayer, he started with thanksgiving, he ended with thanksgiving. He always starts with with thanksgiving. Sometimes, you know, I've seen people think, that think that when we start prayer by thanking God and praising God, that we are just letting time pass, you know, until let's just get to that prayer point. Then that is the main thing. No, 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 no. The thanksgiving is the prayer point. Of course, the other ones are important also, but, you know, it is not um, just to buy time. Thank you very much. And I just want to um, highlight the fact that Daniel, you know, there's no, there's no, nothing insignificant in significant scriptures. Daniel, the Bible says, turned to the Lord is God. You know, when you have a situation, you can face the situation. You can face what people are saying. Or you can face your God. You always have a choice. Everybody always has a choice. You cannot face God and the situation at the same time. In other words, you cannot be worrying, praying, and worrying at the same time. You cannot be listening to and be consumed with what people are saying and what God is saying. And say. You need to choose one. What will it be? Daniel faced God, and we should learn to face God. Prayer is countercultural. You know, if you flip to the next page. Prayer is countercultural, meaning prayer goes against the prevailing culture of our time. Prayer goes against the prevailing norms of our time. Prayer goes against the things that are normal in our time. That is why prayer can become so difficult for so setting for people, likely because prayer is countercultural. Prayer goes this way, the culture goes this way, pulling apart in different directions. For instance, in a culture, we are busy, 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 but prayer takes time. Prayer takes time. We are busy, busy, busy. like spiritual growth, prayer, spiritual growth takes time. Spiritual growth takes time. You need to comfort tribe, for instance, Bible study. I mean, thank God for a lot more people are in church today, maybe because of public holiday, right? Okay? Praise God. But you see, if you want to grow spiritually, it can't just be tied to public holidays. Or a convenient time. If you want to go spiritually, you have to invest time. Like we've been encouraging people to do the journey. If you want to go spiritually, it takes time. You need to come and sit down and learn. That's how it works. Someone says, oh, pastor, I want to be Strong spiritually, I want to, I want to be, grow, I want to be a spiritual giant to grow. Let's just use that word spiritually. Can you teach me how to grow spiritually? I, I don't want to say, He said, I want to be like you because I, I, I'm sure I, I'm, I'm still growing. I'm, I'm not, not grown, as in, I'm, I'm just a boy, you know, trying to grow spiritually. But he said something like that. Teach me how to be like you. I want to grow spiritually. I said to him, I can teach you how to grow spiritually, but I can't teach you how to grow spiritually quickly. And he paused. He says, But I want it quickly. I said, uh, you, you see, <laughs> it has to be line upon line, precept upon precept. A little here, a little there, you know, you, 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 it stretches you you, you, you consolidate what you have learned, then it stretches you again, and you consolidate. Then the Holy Ghost stretches you again, and you consolidate. Then it stretches you again, and you consolidate. Then it stretches you again, and you consolidate. By the time you check, you are not where you used to be. But it challenges a lot of us. We want to, ah-ah. Uh-uh, me too, I want to, boom, let me just get it. I receive it. Lay your hands upon me. I can show you the path to become spiritually solid. But it will not happen overnight. And that's why you need to invest in your spiritual growth. Praise the name of the Lord. In our culture, we are distracted. We are distracted. But guess what? Prayer takes concentration. We are so distracted that, you know, it used to be children that have short attention spans. But adults these days, we have very short attention spans. If a, if a listen, for a lot of people, if a message is not tweetable, they don't remember the word of God. You must distill it down. It must be tweetable. Now that was 140 characters. If, 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 you know, whatever God wants to say, let him say it. Let him tweet it. Limit it to 140 characters, that would be fine. You see, unfortunately, with God, sometimes you just have to sit down there and focus on him. It, everything in you initially can be struggling. It's as if there's war. I mean, as I put anybody. It's as if there's war on your inside. Something wants to get up. Something wants, you know, you want to check your phone. It's as if, you know, when a cocaine addict is having withdrawal syndrome, that's how a lot of people are when they're praying. You are praying, but you are checking your phone. What are you checking your phone for? Is the phone running away? Excuse me, if you don't check your phone, for the few minutes you've spent praying, honoring God, the world will not work again. The world will say, ah, that person is not checking tweets or WhatsApp. So let's stand still. The world will go on. But we have, we, 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 it's as if we need a fix. We need our joints. You know? So we come to, to God to pray. We, we come with our phones. Not because we want to take notes. Or because we want to take updates. So we are distracted. We sit down to pray. Our culture, we have to have things going on simultaneously. I mean, some, we, we are so bad these days that if you, if you don't have concurrent things going on in your life, as if, as if your life is void, you, know, you need to put food on the fire. You need to um, start plug the iron. Let it... Then Then you need to... Um, run the bath, then you need to put on the heater, then the iron is hot, then you quickly then the food is boiling, then it's and that is how unfortunately we walk and unfortunately that is how we approach prayer and we approach God. But guess what? Prayer is the opposite of that. Prayer requires Focus. Requires focus. So, prayer is counter-cultural. Daniel had to go, kneel down, focus towards Jerusalem. That's his prayer point. Focus towards Jerusalem and pray. In our culture, we like instant results. But prayer takes patience. Prayer takes patience. I mean, if we ask people here, you would all, mostly, if you have experiences, agree with me, that there are things you were praying for. And you've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Then you assume that thing is not going to happen. Then over time, you've forgotten about it and that thing happens. and Oh, this is the thing I prayed for. But you see, the the challenge is that when you were praying, you were impatient because you wanted it when? Now. But God is saying, I will get it to you. Don't worry. You have asked, I will get it to you. If only we can apply that learning to our current prayer points, you know, we will be less impatient. We like instant results. You know, you know about everything is instant now. There's instant noodles, there's instant pounder, there's imagine. There's now instant pounder. You just put it in the water and the arm comes out. You know, there's instant everything. But prayer takes time. I'm not saying those things are bad. But you see, prayer takes Patience. Patience. In our culture, we like action. We like control. Action. But prayer is countercultural. It gives control to God. Prayer demands dependence on God. Prayer gives control to God and demands dependence on God. Prayer demands dependence on God because if you are, the more dependent you are in God in prayer, the more effective you are in prayer. But we always want control. We want to control our family. We want to control our spouses. We want to control our children. We want to control our nation. We want to control our businesses. We want to control our career. Oh, definitely we want to control our money. But you see, when you pray... You are ceding control to another. And sometimes that makes us uncomfortable. When is God going to do this? You know, I mean, I, mean, I could have done it myself. So in the text we read, what does Daniel's prayer Teach us about God. In other words, what did Daniel say about God? In the text that we read, what did Daniel say about God? Who can help us? In the text that we read, what, did Daniel, what are the things that Daniel said about God? Okay, maybe I should just say it so that we move on. Okay, yeah, there's a hand there. Who else? Tell us.
3: He said, um, "Lord, you're perfect. We are imperfect, and um, our mistakes have brought us where we are. And um, we know your your word is what is coming to pass in our lives.
0: Your word is dependable. Even you see, even is not only God's blessings that is dependable, which is also we we have to be careful." When you say God is faithful, he's faithful to his word. But we only want him to be faithful to the blessings. We don't want him to be faithful to the chastisement. But Daniel is saying to God, you are faithful even to what? To chastise. That is big. Thank you for that. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am.
2: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Daniel said, oh Lord, you are Great and wholesome God. And he said again, you always fulfill your covenant. Amen. And keep your promises. Amen. Of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. Amen. So Daniel was saying, God,
0: you are dependable. Just like um, she said, you know, and all that. And that is big, you know, because we need to go away with that. The reason Daniel is able to do what he did, pray the prayers he prayed, is because Daniel knew without a shadow of doubt that God was and God is dependable. He is. Now, the question, next question is, do believers need to confess their sins? We believe Jesus paid the full price for all our sins. Past, present, and and what? And future. So why do we need to confess our sins to the Lord? What happens if we don't? I mean, you must probably have heard a lot of I've heard a lot of teaching that says that you know all your sins are taken care of. You don't need to confess your sins. When you confess your sins, you're trying to remind God. So you can just keep doing wrong. Don't worry. Your sin. Past, present, future is forgiven. You know? You know? (laughs) So, do we need to confess our sins as Christians? What happens if we don't? Maybe you want to put up those scriptures. I hope you have them loaded so that we can see um, Psalm 32, 3 to 7. It says... When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in summer heat. Finally, I confessed. Oh, my sin. Why did you just do it before? To you, And stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself. I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgive me. All my guilt is gone. Therefore let all the godly pray to you. While there is still time. That they may not drown in the flood waters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me. From trouble, You surround me with songs of deliverance. You know, that's the only part that people quote. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You fill me with the songs of deliverance. In fact, there's a song about it. You are my hiding place. But they didn't read the first part. Which is, I confess my sins before you. I ask for your forgiveness. Then I am filled with joy. And on and on and on. Okay, you could say, but Pastor, is that not the Old Testament? Of course, I've, I've, I hope I've successfully explained this Old Testament, this Old Testament thing to you. But let's see 1 John 1 5. We're going to read up until chapter 2, verse 2. It says, This is the message we heard from Jesus. From who? From Jesus. And declare to you, God is light. God is light. And there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying. If we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling, woo, fooling ourselves. And not living in the truth. But if we what? Confess our sins to him. He is faithful and just to forgive us, our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. These were Christians already that he was talking to, in case you didn't know. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his words has no place in our hearts. Chapter 2, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins and not only ours, but the sins of all the world. So, do believers need to confess their sins? So, why do we need to confess our sins to God? It's clear from the scriptures. What happens if we don't confess our sins? It's clear. We make God a liar. We are not in, light, in the light. We're in the darkness. Um, we burn up all our, all day. Long, we invite God's judgment and God's wrath and on and on and on. Okay. Next, I have found in my walk with God that one of the strongest pleas in supplication is for your name's sake, for your own sake. Daniel also deployed this. He does, how, sorry, does having mercy benefits God? You know, you are saying, you should return for your own sake. How does it benefit God? You say you want to receive mercy from God. And you are saying for his own name's sake. How does showing mercy benefit God? He wants to help us. How does it benefit God? Okay, yeah.
3: Praise God. I think how it benefits God is that it preserves his reputation. So God has a reputation that he's a good God, he's faithful, he's kind. So when we're asking and we're begging him and we say for your own sake, just to ensure that people do not say that that God couldn't do that. Uh, So it preserves his reputation. So
0: because of God's reputation, Okay, that is, that is correct. That's correct. Anybody else? Any other perspective? Yeah.
1: God doesn't desire that any man should perish. Right. So he would rather forgive
3: and have mercy okay. than not to.
0: That is also correct. So when you put the two together, um, is there a third one? You should have a complete answer, which is on one hand, it, it benefits him because he doesn't desire that any should perish. He doesn't give him joy that he, his judgment comes out. He, his judgment comes out because he's a just God. But that is not his preference. Then ultimately, his name is bigger than my mistakes, his name is bigger than my flaws. His reputation is bigger than my errors. So, for your name's sake. If you, you see, and if you, this is why you you should know God for yourself and have a relationship with God. You will get to a point where you need to go to God That God, okay, I don't deserve this. But people will abuse you because I have opened my big mouth to so say I am your child, and that you're a good God. So, not for my own sake, for your own sake. I God say, uh, okay, 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 I will do it for me. I'll do it. So, that's it. It's a big, 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 I mean, strong point. Praise the name of the Lord. The truth is that if you are waiting for a, a slow day, which is what a lot of us are waiting for, a slow day like today to catch up on prayer, you may get a few public holidays there and there. And many of you, be, be truthful to yourself. that many of you that said, I will, spend today, I will spend time praying, and many people did. So that's why some people will come to church so that they can use it to silence the guilt of not doing what they thought they would have done. And the reason is that even the free days are not free. There are things that are happening around us that distract us consistently. So you must have a plan. If you wait for the free days, you may never pray. You must have a plan. So there are three practical ideas that are very helpful in having a vibrant prayer life. I'm going to share them with you. There are, there are three Practical ideas that are very useful. If you want to have a vibrant prayer life, number one is this. Change your mindset. Change your paradigm. Rather than seeing busyness as a problem, see it as as a justification for praying. And the first one is, I realize that I am so busy, I cannot afford not to pray. See your business not as an excuse not to pray, but as a justification for praying. Look at all you have to do in your life and say, the truth is you need help. You need help. So I need help. So if the, the busier we are, the more, the, the more we know we need to pray. It was Martin Luther that said, walk, walk. From morning until late at night. In fact, I have so much to do that I shall have to spend the first three hours in prayer. See that paradigm. You know, what the enemy tries to tell people is you have so much to do, you don't have time to pray. But what we are saying is you need to change that mindset. I have so much to do. I can't afford to even start without prayer, because I need God's help to do it. Does that make sense? Okay. The second practical thing that you can do, and will definitely help you, is set an appointment. Set up an appointment with God for prayer. Set up an appointment. With God, the word there is appointment. Set up an appointment. With God. You know, I mean, if you're like me, if I have an appointment, if, if, you, if, if you say you want to see me or want us to talk, I can keep saying, oh, yes, we should see you. Oh, I really need to see you. Oh, it, it, it never happens. Because you are busy, I'm busy. But when we set up an appointment, and I say something like, oh, "Okay, speak to Adasa, let, let us set up an appointment. She sets up an appointment, and she says, I set up my schedule, and sets me my schedule, and she says, okay, Pastor, you are meeting this person at this time, you are meeting this person at this time, you are meeting that person at this time. You know, I, by God's grace, I keep my appointment. So I show up. Why? Because... We have to be people of integrity, right? So, we keep our appointments. Guess what? When you have an appointment with God, a meeting with God at this time, it will help you keep the appointment. Put it in your calendar. Schedule it to help you. Do I get an amen? The third, and with is final points, again. We are doing well for time. Is take advantage of in-between moments. In between moments, you are doing the laundry. You are alone doing the laundry. Let's say you are washing, you have a big bowl. Of clothes to wash its going to take you thirty minutes to wash you can be washing it and be praying i mean i 'm not saying that should not be your primary prayer time i 'm just saying it it gets you into the praying mode and it's, it's so you can even keep your primary prayer time you can be you can be in the car and be praying. You know I discover you know that i I drive like twenty minutes, thirty minutes. Sometimes to where I play golf, and you know, I don't know would want to come and pick me in the house and take me there. So I said to him, Don't worry, I'm going to drive myself there because I discovered that is 30 minutes of fellowship. And I, there's some things I want to be saying to God, I don't need him to be hearing it. He Say, Hey, Pastor, is, hey, that's what you're praying. You know, I don't need him to be hearing all that. So, so I, I drive myself going because there's no traffic going anyway. So it meets me there and drives me back, you know, and that works. So I've created an extra 30 minutes of prayer and communion. And many of you, you drive three hours to walk. Okay, it's not three hours anymore. Is this still three hours? Okay. One hour, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. So you die for five minutes to work, 45 minutes back, that's one and a half hours. Imagine you are praying in tongues, one and a half hours every day, every day. Uh-uh. Where's the foundational problem? <laughs> you will blow them away. Praise the name of the Lord. You will blow them away, easily. Because you will build so much capacity. So, Look for the in-between times and kickstart your prayer. So, commitments in the commit section, which is our final section. Write down one specific way in which you can grow in your prayer. It could be one of the three I've shared. I am going to schedule meeting with God 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. If that's what you are writing, write it down. Be specific you are not going to share it don't worry don't just f- between you and god for some of us we need to take advantage of in between times commute times laundry times you know dishes times for some of us we need to write down a list of people. All your prayers has been just about me, 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 me. My brother, my sister, my my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife. You know, we need to sit down and write a list of people. You know, I need to pray for this person. I need to pray for that person. I need to pray for this person. And to pray. They don't need to know. I was speaking with someone on Sunday, and I was and I was telling the person how. Power of intercession, and how we have been praying for someone, for the someone that both of us know, myself and the person I was speaking with. We've been praying for the person every day for the past one and a half years. And he was like, "Really? Does he know?" I said, "No, he doesn't know. He doesn't have to know." Praise the name of the Lord. He doesn't have to know. Write a list. You could you could be cutting off media. Okay, once it's my prayer time, no phones. All my phones on silent and in another room. Try it, you feel that you are more spiritual already. Okay, so the text that will come into memory is Colossians four two says, let's read together. One, two, go. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful. Again, devote yourself to prayer with an alert and a. So let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. And let's just spend some time to just say thank you to the Lord. Let's thank Him. Let's thank you for what we have heard. let's say, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your kindness, Lord. I'm grateful. I want to pray with you. If you are here, you are saying, Pastor, I'm stuck in my prayer life. I'm stuck. I need need a divine intervention. I I want you to lift up your two hands. You don't need to stand up. Just where you are sitting. I'm going to pray with you. Lift up your two hands. I'm stuck. I need a divine intervention. Keep the hands up to heaven. I will pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray for everyone whose hands are lifted up to you. Not to any man, but to you, our Father and our God. Lord, we come and we say we need a divine intervention, Lord. Take our prayer lives higher. Give us the grace to pray like never before. And let your name be glorified. Thank you, Father. Now put on your hands... I want to pray for you. Also, if you're here, you're saying, Pastor, sin has hindered me and God. Believe me, my sister, my brother, that's where you need to start from. Sin has hindered me and God. I need to come clean like Daniel and be truthful and say, I'm sorry. I need to repent. Put up your hands. I will pray with you. You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, put it up well over your head. If I put up your hand, put up your hand well over your head. And I'll, pray, and I'll pray with you right now. God bless you. Not on your head. Not sleeping up. I need to know you are there. If you, if you are online, the instructions are scrolling. Father in heaven, we thank you for your kindness. We give you praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Lord, today we ask that you em- empower us to pray as we ought to pray. Every. Limitation and every barrier to prayer, take it away my father and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you, Jesus' mighty name. We have prayed. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. <laughs> Tell them a cause of a tazi and they